This is episode number 156 of Music Lesson Business Academy, and today I'm going to outline a very simple marketing plan for you, and we are also going to hit lever number seven, which is profit margin. Let's roll the intro. Danny Thompson here. Welcome back to another episode of Music Lesson Business Academy. So good to be back with you. This is episode number 156. And in the uh, short little intro there, I mentioned that I was going to outline a really simple marketing plan for you. And, you know, in the couple second intro, I can't go too deep into everything that I'm going to do, but I, w- I want to explain it a little bit more thoroughly to you. So, um, one of the things that I see come up often, you know, there's so many different things going on. There's so many objects out there. There's, you know, all these different social media platforms and, you know, we're all constantly getting hit with a million different ideas and things. And then you hear about something and you think, oh my gosh, I'm not doing YouTube videos. I, I, I got to start a YouTube channel. And then, you know, you get rolling on that and then somebody else comes along and goes, oh, there's a new platform called Googly Glop. And you think, oh my gosh, another platform I have to learn and I'm going to fail. My business is going to fail if I don't do Googly Glop. And So I wanted to lay out for you the realities of all that and also just some guidelines to follow that will hopefully just de-stress the whole thing a little bit for you and make it a little bit easier. And we're going to kind of talk about two different types of schools, a newer school and a more mature school and how those schools can approach these things differently and what really matters. And more importantly, the order in which you should do these things. So for example, we'll talk about if you don't have, you know, X, Y, and Z nailed, there's no possible way you should even be thinking about goobledy glop and tickety talk and zippity doodah over here on this side. Okay. So we're going to kind of lay that out in a really nice, simple format. And I think realistically, most schools could probably just concentrate on these basic things and kick butt at it. If, and in a lot of ways, if you're, if you're doing some of these things and you're not getting the students you need, there, there may just be a couple little problems in, in your system there or some little missing link that's really causing it. It's most likely not that you got to do this shiny object thing over here. And we'll touch base on profit lever, which is lever number seven, profit margins. And I got a little idea here for you on a profit margin thing. So, all right. It's going to be a fun episode. Can't wait to get into it. Hey, if you're looking for more help with this kind of stuff, hop on over to Music Lesson Business Academy. My new coaching program, the Music Lesson Business Academy, it's called Seven Levers MBO. And that's my new coaching program. 
hop on over there and check it out. Uh, and while you're there, you can look at some other courses and things like that that I currently have up and available as well as the MLBA Answers program. So you can kind of bounce around and see what the right program is for you. Today's episode of Music Lesson Business Academy is brought to you by NeverAloneBusinessServices.com. They do Google ads, Facebook ads, uh, SEO, website design, and can do some general marketing uh, and business coaching as well. So check out Chris and Jen over at NeverAloneBusinessServices.com. They come from a music school background. They recently, I hope it's okay to mention this, but they recently sold their music school. And uh, I'm actually going to try to get the person that bought it to be a, a guest here. I just kind of got the contact info on that guy today. And uh, that could be an interesting episode, right? Anyway, uh, they just recently sold their school. It was a pretty big school. And, um, you know, but they're coming at what we do from the perspective of somebody who's owned a music school. So I think that's very helpful. Mention you heard about them uh, on Music Lesson Business Academy and you'll save 100 bucks. This episode is also brought to you by the fine folks over at TeacherZone, TeacherZone.com. For all your scheduling, billing, and student learning management needs. All right, let's get into today's episode. I've been kind of excited to do this episode. Um, so first I kind of wanted to just touch base on, you know, why I think this concept or this plan of a concept is kind of important. And, you know, if you do things in the wrong order, or especially when it comes to a marketing, uh, a marketing plan and also a business plan to some extent, you know, cause our marketing kind of, it pulls people in, but then we have maybe an onboarding process and, you know, all these things that lead to a long-term student. And if in that marketing process, there's one step that is severely off the mark or missing completely, or just, you know, being done incorrectly, the whole rest of the thing may not work at all. And so that's why I think it's, um, important to to look at this program in this way now um you might hear me refer to an a school and a b school a little bit here so uh an a school i'm just saying is an older school maybe two years old you know somewhere in that vicinity maybe you have 100 200 300 students something like that a b school is a newer business because there are going to be some con considerations between those two things. What I may need to do at my school right now, after being around since 2006 and going through the ups and the downs and the ups and the downs and all the things involved with that, <clears throat> you know, my plan marketing wise moving forward may be different than if you just opened a school six months ago or a year ago, uh, or you're planning on opening a school or you're branching out maybe from being a solo teacher into, you know, maybe hiring somebody to come on board with you and, and build something bigger. So a school is older school. B school is going to be a newer school. Okay. And 
I will, uh, as I go through these things, kind of designate whether this is for every school or if this is an A or a B. So number one on the list, and I am going to say this is for both A schools and B schools. Uh, if you're an A school, this is something you want to kind of double check to make sure you have right. If you're a B school, you definitely want to focus in on this. So the number one thing you need to do in your marketing plan is develop your brand identity first. Okay. And I know I talk about this all the time, but it it's so important, but it's also one that everybody blows off and goes, yeah, yeah, I got my brand. It's all good. But then so often if I'm talking to somebody and I say, well, tell me your brand identity, they can't, they, they can't say anything about it. They're, they're, they're lost. So how can you tell the world who you are and what you do if you don't know who you are and what you do? Now, maybe deep on the inside, you, you have a feeling of who you are and what, what you do, but you got to put it on paper so that you can clearly articulate this to somebody else. Uh, so along, you know, with the brand identity, you're kind of maybe creating a mission statement and that type of stuff. I kind of cover all that in um, my business uh, fundamentals course that's over at Music Lesson Business Academy. Kind of as a side note, you can check that one out <laughs> if you wanted to. Um, okay. Number two. and Again, this is going to be for both schools. Let me back up for a second here to uh, number one again. If you're an older school, it's very possible you never really developed your brand identity very well. So that exercise of a brand identity, everybody, unless you really 100% are sure, like I've gone through the exercises, I'm very, very clear what our brand identity is. If you're feeling that way, no worries. You probably don't need to look back at it. But anything other than 100% rock solid on this, you should re-examine this. It will make your life so much easier in the future marketing endeavors that you're doing for your business. Okay, on to number two is what's the sales pitch of your school? Um. And what's the fab, okay, features, advantages, and benefits. And this is kind of, you can see where this is part two, you know, it goes right along with brand identity. So brand identity, we're saying this is who I, who we are, and this is what we do. Number two is really telling people, here's the features, advantages, and benefits of my school. Now, why should you write this down and be very clear about it? Now... Not every time that you're signing up a new student are you going to say, okay, well, feature number one of my school is this, and feature number two is this, and here's the advantage of feature number one, and here's the benefit to you, Mr. Customer. But again, if you don't clearly articulate on a piece of paper, okay, what your sales pitch is, what are the features, advantages, and benefits of my school versus the other school down the street, you're not going to be able to convey it in A, your copy, your sales copy that goes into your website and all of your marketing materials, and B, you're not going to be able to articulate it when somebody calls you on the phone or text messages you or whatever the communication is. And says, tell me about your programs. 
Tell me about your school. How do you guys do this? And again, I know this to be the case because I have asked very many school owners these questions and it's always been a stumbling block in 98% of the cases. So that's, that's the why, why you should have a sales pitch, write it down so you can clearly then carry that over to all of your marketing materials and your ability to articulate that on the phone via text message, via email to potential customers. All right. Number three. And, um, Again, so far moving along here, I would say that most A and B schools need to, to work on this. Um, number three is you got to get good at phone sales. Okay. And what I think is interesting that you guys should think about is we are three steps in. And so far I haven't mentioned Facebook or Instagram or social media or any of that stuff. If you don't have these couple of things in place first, none of the other stuff really matters, okay? If you're driving a bunch of traffic to a website that doesn't have a clear brand identity, which helps to articulate the message and articulate to people what the features and advantages and benefits are, and then you're not able to sell that None of the other stuff matters. It just doesn't. You can have a, a million Instagram followers. You're going to get no students from it. Eventually, they have to click through to a link or a phone number, right? A link to your website that, again, gets them to take an action and make a purchase or pick up the phone and call you. And I think you could relate this to your own experience of seeing some type of imagery or some ad on Instagram that looks appealing and you click through. And then once you click through, it's, it all sucks. And you're like, what are, what are these guys doing? This is, they're missing the mark. I, I, you know, I'll click through on a lot of things because I, I like to see what other types of industries are doing and what other businesses are doing. And, you know, Sometimes the Instagram ad, I look at it or the Facebook ad or whatever, and I go, I don't even know what these people do from this ad they're doing. Like there's, I have no idea what that product even is. And sometimes the Instagram ad or the Facebook ad is really great on the front end. And then you click through and on the back end, it's like, they could make this even harder to purchase if they tried. So at some point, people have to click through and having those sales skills in order is going to make such a difference for you. So you got to get good at sales and, you know, not just sales on the phone, but sales basics. It's not really very hard. Um, you know, put out of your mind the thought of like, you know, the, the cheesy salesperson or the, the slimy used car salesman. That, that's that's. You know, that's one stereotype. Yeah, you know, everything that you're doing out there, you are selling to some degree. So having basic sales skills is just incredibly important. Okay, so now we move in to the stuff that's a little bit more uh, a probably traditional marketing that you might be thinking about. So number four is your website. And of course, on this episode, I can't go into all the details of, you know, what makes your website work. 
obviously the messaging has to be there. Um, well, first I would say the back end development of the website has to be good. So it's got to be built in a way that is Google friendly and search friendly and works good and is fast and is mobile responsive. All the things that are important because those, again, those things, even if the front end looked nice and had a good message, if the back end is, is a mess, it, it could derail your marketing big time. So the back end is built properly. Then on the front end, you know, your images are good. You've got your good marketing message. Um, your website is designed with calls to action to get people to purchase, you know, whatever that is for us, whether it's signing up for a free trial or booking a tour or booking a phone consultation, whatever that action is that you want them to take, you know, all the elements of a good website. And again, the why of that is like I was saying, at some point they're going to click through from whatever traffic source drove them to the website. And once they get there, we don't want to blow that opportunity. So website design number four. Okay. Number five is going to be related to your website, but it is the SEO of your website. Now, if you're a newer school, and, and this was a little tougher. I was talking to Christina, kind of asking her her opinion on this. And, and this was a hard one to nail down because I was asking her. I said, hey, if you were starting a brand new business tomorrow, how long would it take if somebody really did all the right stuff to rank, to, to have good SEO rankings? And there's so many factors. And I, and I knew that going in, but I was just hoping I could get like, you know, a roundabout. And there's so many factors. The industry the competitiveness of the industry, the city you're in, all these kind of things. So what we kind of came to a conclusion though is, so if you were starting a new music school, if you're in a smaller, a li not smaller, but maybe mid-sized market, maybe there's not a lot of competition. You know, there's a couple of music schools, but they haven't really done it right themselves. They've just sort of always done okay because they've been there and, you know, their website shows up because it's been there for 10 years. You could go in and if you do SEO properly, you could rank pretty quickly. Let's say months, you know, it could be faster, but let's, let's push on the far end and say six months, you could be doing really, really well. If you're going to open a music school in my area, Los Angeles, New York, you know, any big metro area where there's a lot of schools, there's a lot of sophisticated businesses. Uh, it's going to be harder to rank and it could take quite a while. So, but ultimately, whether it's quick or long term, this is going to be just tremendously important because a school that does it right or a business that doesn't right could really, you know, build their business quite big on nothing other than really good organic search and a super well designed website you know, with all the proper things. Uh, and then a couple other little factors that we're going to talk about. They could do it all without Facebook ads and, you know, Instagram or any social media or any of that stuff. So if you're a newer school, let's get this right, right from the get go. Don't spend money on a lot of other things at this point. Try to put some money into the SEO. And if you're an older school, I can tell you, I recently had Christina do an SEO workover for me. We were doing great in certain areas, but there were certain other 
you know, towns and things that I wasn't doing good on. And she went in there and, and, and I would say within a very short period of time, like a month, we started to see some real changes in those results and it's continued. It's, it, it's really, I'm seeing a big impact from it and it's saved me money because I I'm doing much less with any kind of paid search. So get your SEO crushing. All right. Number six is make sure your Google local, your business, you know, Google local business listing is done properly and that you're putting some effort into it. It's an easy, um, it's an easy thing to overlook, but it's also very easy to do posts and put lots of pictures up and things like that. And this will go hand in hand with some of your search rankings and things like that. So don't abandon that uh, Google local search. Okay, so we're at number seven here. And number seven is you need some type of good CRM email provider system. Gmail doesn't count. Okay, you need a you need a program that is designed for marketing. And um I you know, I always talk about active campaign, it rocks, it's it's the way to go. So you know, you identified your brand really well. You got, you know, who, all your sales pitch is in order. That helped you to create great website copy. You've got great images. You've got all the buttons in the right place. People read your website and they take action. They click through, you know, they fill out a form of some sort. At this point now, we want to have a system in place to ensure that we maximize those leads. So again, if you're a new school, right, a newer school, do this right from the beginning. It's not really very expensive. Um, you know, active campaign, you can, uh, it's based on number of uh, email addresses you have in your database. So if you're a newer school, you probably don't have some kind of huge list. So we're talking, you know, $49 a month, you could have probably their plus level, which gives you the deals function and then be able to create all kind of good automations. Um, so with that system, you'll, you'll have a way of kind of designating what leads you have. You can segment those leads as they come in, which is something I've been really digging into and doing more of. So even like a DJ ad that I do now segments between adults and kids. So that first email that goes out. The kid, you know, the mom that's looking for DJ lessons for 10-year-old, that email is much different with different images than an adult who wants to learn to DJ for themselves. So, and it's very easy to do those things. The better you get at that at the beginning, you know, the, the more that that is going to benefit you and pay for itself over time because you're going to close and turn more of those students that uh, leads that came in into paying customers, which means basically you need to get less leads. Okay, so next. Now, now here's where we want to differentiate a little bit between an older school and a newer school. Now, obviously, as a newer school, it's going to take some time to get your, you know, organic search crushing. But again, depending on where you're at, you might be able to make a fairly sizable dent within six months. And that's, you know, in business life, that's like a blink of the eye. So on top of that, to drive traffic to your newer business, here's some stuff you could do. One would be 
to experiment with some local type marketing, such as like Nextdoor, and I don't mean do don't do a paid ad with them, but you know, just be posting in Nextdoor, get to know that community that way. Reach out to local Facebook groups, right? Um, you know, wherever there may be a, a segment of your customers hanging out, a group of your customers spending time. Uh, maybe if it's a Facebook group dedicated to your community or your little nook that you're, you know, your west side, you know, of this town is kind of its own cool neighborhood or we're an uptown or we're this or that, you know, there's a lot of that in a lot of communities. Oh, we're over in Bucktown or I'm over in, you know, Ukrainian village goes out to you Chicago people there. So, you know, finding those kind of Facebook groups is a great place to post. And, you know, if you're just the solo op owner operator of that school and it's not, you know, a big school yet, it, it'll be fine for you as an individual to go in there and say, hey, I've opened a new business or I'm doing this, you know, um, and, and probably get some leads from that. Uh, if you have a few teachers, uh, I had a teacher who moved to our area, a single mom, and she found some other groups that were single moms. And she just went in there and said, hey, I started a new job. I'm teaching over at this school. And she signed up several students right away. It was a handful, like six, eight students from that right away. So little things like that that don't really cost you any money. Um Another area that you could really explore, and by all means, these are things that a, a long-term school could do as well. But, um, you know, when you're a newer school and you've got to get that traffic going right away, um, you know, instead of you wasting time building an Instagram following, um, what you could do is find some other influencer in your area. And by influencer, I don't mean, you know, what you usually think of like celebrity influencer. Um, again, you know, I have done several, uh, posts cross posting with a, with a couple different Instagram groups in my area that are, you know, related to mom activities and things like that, that quite often have kids that could benefit from music lessons. So now some of those I do pay for, but I pay very little. You know, so you might be able for 50 bucks to get a feature on somebody else's Instagram that already has a really good following and has good engagement. You'll get more from that than you trying to like, you know, build up some Instagram following. It's going to take you a long time, you know, to really get anything from. So those are a couple of easy things that you could do now. The last thing that I would do is if you really want to accelerate this. I would do some paid search, just some paid Google ads. You're not going to go to Facebook ads at this point. Do paid search ads. But you got to do these things in the order that I've outlined for you today. If you do paid search before you have your dedicated brand identity really down or you know how to sell or you know how to write your website copy, you're probably just throwing money away. So you got to do these things in that order. If you have all these things in place, you have active campaign going. So when a lead comes in, the right thing is happening, then you're in a better position to go ahead and spend a little bit of money on some Google search ads. Um, oh, I know one thing I, I left off. I was going to go back to, uh, as I'm talking about the website backend design and stuff, make sure you have Google analytics installed properly right from the get go. I can't tell you how many times I've done some kind of coaching with somebody and I've said, let's look at your Google analytics. Let's get a feel for what's going on, on the website. 
and they don't have that on the website. So it makes it hard for us to get that data that we need. So make sure you do that properly. Okay. So again, if you've noticed, I, I've very rarely in this rant mentioned Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever new social media platform is going to come out next. And the reason being is it's not that I think that those things are useless or not a tool. They can be a tool. It's just to worry about that and to focus on that before you've really gotten good at these these seven or eight things that I outlined for you in this market basic marketing plan is kind of a waste of your time. Now, yes, as you're doing these other things, by all means, feel free to, you know, start building an Instagram page, but don't worry about it as if it's the end all be all. You could have an extremely successful business and not have any of those social media pages. In our industry, a music school, I think you could easily do it without ever having an Instagram page or a Facebook page. <clears throat> you know, if you really went through, <clears throat> if we looked at all the music schools in this country and we could do a deep dive on them and started looking at their social media and we're like, how many customers have you really signed up from Instagram? Probably not that many. Uh, so if you love social media, like you just do it in your personal life a lot, by all means, do it for your school. Have fun with it. If you like to make wacky TikTok videos because it's just who you are and it's fun, go for it. You know, it's not going to hurt anything. It's only going to hurt if you're, you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm going to do this huge investment of time in TikTok to drive people to my website that's totally crappy and doesn't have any of the right stuff happening for it. So if you don't have these things dialed in, the seven things that I went over today, you have no business worrying about those other things. Okay. You don't need to get good at TikTok to have a good music school or Instagram or Facebook. Just do it at a basic level. Concentrate on the stuff that really matters. Think about that Jim Rohn, not much list, okay? Most people go through their life working on their not much list. And the not much list are things that if they changed it tomorrow, what kind of impact would it really have? Not much. If your music school's cruising along and tomorrow you get amazing at Instagram and you get a bunch of followers, what difference is it really going to make at your school? Not much, okay? Doesn't mean it's not going to help a little bit. And in the grand scheme of your overall marketing, you know, uh, presence in the world, it's important to have some decent Instagram feed, some decent Facebook that kind of goes hand in hand with these other things. But I would put it much, much, much lower on the list. If you are not good at writing basic sales copy and you've applied that to your website and your emails that are going out, you're probably going to fail at Facebook ads. So <clears throat> I would encourage you to take a good hard look at your marketing basics. And this should also maybe clear your plate a little bit and make it a little easier for you to focus on the things that are really going to matter and not worry so much about the stuff that's not going to matter too much for you. This is the spot where the Seven Levers theme song goes. 
It's getting better. I think the theme, theme songs, uh, it's getting better for sure. All right, let's talk a little seven levers here. Today we're doing lever number seven. One of my favorites, always profit margin. So here's a little uh, thing you might want to think about, and maybe there's some different ways of applying this to your school. Now, this might not be for everybody, but with these changing times, here's something that I've been thinking about. In the past, right? The concept of like, you know, every so often somebody go, can my son do lessons every other week? Because maybe it's a split uh, parenting situation, right? I only have my son every other Tuesday or it's an adult who travels. And we've always said no, because it's very hard to fill that other time slot and, and you're really using up all four uh, of those lesson spots. So it doesn't really work. But in this new age of doing a lot of online lessons, it's really something that I'm considering because you might be able to pair it up with video lessons or other types of content that the student utilizes in between. So here's the thing. Let's say you charge $150 for 30 minute private lessons each month. And the student only wants to do two lessons a month. Don't make it $75. Yeah, we can do two lessons a month. It's a $99 package. So now when you sell the other two offset weeks, you're looking at getting $200 a month for those for that same amount of time that you were getting $150 for. And that's something that I'm really moving towards um, as I start to do only, you know, online lessons for guitar and, and piano and voice is offering something new out there and saying, well, man, lessons have always been done the same way. What if you just met up with that teacher every other week and in between there was a class, a course that you were able to go through on your own time? But then you always knew you'd be coming back around to that teacher to be able to ask questions and get clarification. And you could do all that for 99 bucks a month, right? It's effective. It's affordable. And it totally would work on our end from a profit margin standpoint. So now maybe that exact scenario isn't something you can do at your school, but Take a look at your model, your lesson structure and how you bill and how you arrange these things and think about it creatively like that. And maybe there's a way you can arrange those things. You know, if you were doing 150 a month for four lessons and then all of a sudden you were getting 200 or maybe not even, you know, even just another $25, that's a sizable profit margin boost. And you do that over the course of, you know, 50 students that decide to go that route. That's chunky extra profit. Um, it's good for the teacher. You could even pay your teacher a little bit more for those. So it's a bonus for them. They're stoked. Um, and you can do twice as many students in the same amount of space or time. It's got some possibilities to it, guys. Get creative like that and think about how to squeeze that profit margin to new levels. All right, everybody. I hope you got a couple nuggets out of this episode. I thoroughly enjoyed doing it. I really appreciate you guys listening. And until next week, 
Keep crushing it. We'll see you soon. like more help with your music lesson business go over to musiclessonbusinessacademy.com you can get a free course the seven levers of the music lesson business and you can also check out my other coaching programs and courses that are available